Hey everyone, this is John Puritz. Welcome to the Man Up Already podcast. This show is dedicated to each of us being better in all areas of our lives, mentally, spiritually, physically, and relationally. We want to help you be a better you because when you man up already, the world around you is greatly impacted. Here on the podcast, we don't believe you're an accident. We believe each of us is created for purpose, and this show is dedicated to helping you discover and live out that purpose. Again, welcome to the show, and let's check out another great episode. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Man Up Already podcast, and as always, super, super excited to have you here. Uh, we've got a great, great guest lined up today. Uh, he's going to be awesome. I, uh, uh, another, you know, great connection on LinkedIn and through uh, a personal connection of community. And, you know, I, I say it a lot, but I, I believe LinkedIn is that um, that great place to connect to to professional business minded, success minded people. Um, there's just a lot of sharing of ideas going on. It's uh, it's a great space to do it. Uh, and I'm excited to to have our guest today. I want to remind you, head on over to manupalready.com. Uh, there's a cool new promo video for the Man Up Already Growth Conference on there. Check that out. And uh, again, tickets are 25 bucks. We are uh, just a little less than 30 days away from that great event and um, would love to have you, if you're in the area, uh, come out and join us for that day. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so without further ado, our guest today is the founder of Life Undeferred. He's a former TV weatherman and now businessman, speaker, coach, great guy. Um, please welcome to the Man Up Already podcast, Jared Sebesta. Jared, good to have you, man. Good to be here. I'm excited. I love talking about life and uh, this is right up my alley. So I'm excited for the convo today. Yeah, you know, I was I was sharing in the intro, you know, we we connected. Um, I think we were connected on a mutual connection or a mutual group. And then but it was through LinkedIn. And I talk a lot about the power of that platform mm -hmm. on. I think that's where um, you and I had a conversation. There's a lot of authenticity. There's a lot of professionalism. I think that's where out of most of the social platforms, I find the the, the most real people, I would say. <laughs> Right. You really can see what people do, who they're about, and you make some really, really incredible connections. And and this is one of them. When you and I connected, I loved our conversation. I'm intrigued by your story. And it's an honor and a pleasure to have you, bro. Yeah. Well, I I, I appreciate it as well. And the reason and we'll get into this, but the reason why we connected, if you're a wind the tape, was just a journey that I've been on of really discovering who I am. And being more vocal, we ha we have such a such a, an incredible opportunity in today's world where we have uh, this thing called the internet that you and I uh, didn't have when we were growing up, and the ability right. that that gives you to to be authentic and to even set you free in a lot of ways is like mm. none other in the world. So the world's a crazy place, but it also provides us massive opportunities on a on a on a on a journey on a personal journey, but also to connect with other people. So again, glad to be here. Yeah. And you, you know, your journey has been, you know, I, 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 I'd love for you to tell your story because I think you've journeyed through a lot of phases where people would go, well, that's what success looks like, or that's what success mm -hmm. looks like. And, and I think it's that pursuit of what you're, you know, we were talking about earlier about who am I authentically and how do I express mm -hmm. that out into the world? And this is good, but 
maybe the, yes, you know, this is probably a better place for me and my family. And uh, I kind of get that a lot from your journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just, let me just preface this. I don't know if you mentioned it in the intro, but I used to be a TV weatherman. So I don't know if you've had, any I did. I said TV. that. And then that, <laughs> I totally want to hear that, you know, you know people would be like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's like, you know, that's awesome. You know, it's so, uh, yeah, it, 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 I I'm so, it's just such a funny it's just such a funny business that uh, it's a great conversation starter. But anyways, I, I grew up in rural Minnesota. I was I was scared to death of the weather because I grew up in a trailer home. So I always thought I was going to die. And I think that that led to my my passion and fear, <laughs> fear for weather. Um, I played college basketball in uh, when I was going to school uh, because I was tall mainly and didn't really put a lot of thought and effort into uh, what I wanted to do post-college, but always wanted to study meteorology. I remember telling my, my fifth grade teacher that I wanted to be a weatherman. When I, went, when I meant weatherman, I meant study meteorology. Uh, and then at 23 years old, when I was graduating college, it was pretty easy that my skill set lied in communications. Um, a lot of the people that worked for National Weather Services and stuff like that and aviation outfits and, uh, you know, private government, you know, firms or government agencies, they were very smart, like very book smart. And I'm very smart, but my I'm, all of my skills are, in, in, are soft skills, communication. And so um, I learned very early that I could tell a story really well. That's about all I've been able to do. And now I'm 45 years old. I've never gotten paid unless it involves talking. So TV was actually a pretty good fit. And I, and I understood that at 20 three years old, uh, but got my first job uh, uh, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, I was making $8 an hour, if anybody's really wondering what a beginning TV weatherman make, uh, but this is also 20, 25 years ago, and uh, was there for five years, met my wife, uh, got a job in Phoenix, Arizona, so I went from Sioux Falls to Phoenix. So I went from very small market to very big market, and that really kind of just expanded my my broadcasting game. And also, I was a small town Midwestern kid, and now I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, which is a much different place than where I grew up. And then kind of made it, quote unquote, home uh, back to Minneapolis. And not only was I back in Minneapolis, I was working for a, a station called Care 11. It's, it's, it's a very legendary station. Mm. And so I kind of hit the holy grail, so to speak. And uh, I got there, you know, eight years into my career. I think at the time I was probably, you know, 32 or 33 years old. And I climbed the ranks very quickly. I have a very sarcastic and kind of self-deprecating um, uh, tone. That's kind of my shtick, so to speak. Um, this is back when like Twitter is becoming uh, kind of a thing. And I, I was the guy who was just super, super sarcastic. People would ask me a serious question and I would give a real snarky answer. People thought that was hilarious. Um, I would, this is true. This is a true story. Like all of our consultants, we hired all these consultants. They'd say, you know, the reason why people watch the weather is because of accuracy. They watch because they want an accurate forecast. And I was like, I actually disagree with that. I think it's just because they like us. You know, it's because they just enjoy watching you because 90% of the time, the weather, it just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, so they just enjoy it. It's, it's kind of infotainment. And I kid you not, this is a true story, John. That night when all these consultants, and I, I, would, I would shudder to think how much money uh, the TV station paid to have these consultants there. And they're watching every move we make because they're <laughs> analyzing with all their data. And that night on the news, like on day five of the seven day forecast, I had a snowflake and my co-anchor Julie says, Jared, you've got some snow on the forecast for next Tuesday. How much you thinking so far? And I looked her in the face and the camera and I said, Julie, I go, we can't figure out tonight most of the time. And I'm not even sure about tonight's forecast. 
we'll figure it out together this weekend and maybe get you some numbers next week. <laughs> and she was like, um, okay, thanks, Jared. And uh, anyway, I got called it. I got called in my news director's office the next day for saying that, but that was my shtick. And right. so I, I was able to kind of climb the ranks, so to speak, very, very quickly. Um, and I was the guy at 30, again, 30 some years old. And uh, I was, I was hanging around with celebrities. I mean, we'd have celebrities come in. I was hosting events. I got asked to play with the Harlem Globetrotters. They wanted a local celebrity. They picked me. Wow. Um, I was, I was on radio stations all across the Twin Cities. I was on the cover of magazines. Uh, I was blowing up on Twitter. My online status was blowing up. I had people saying to me, Jared, you're everywhere. I turn on the TV, you're there. I turn on the news, you're there. I turn on my phone, you're there. I look at the at the newspaper stand, um, you're there. I go to the dentist and your face is on a, a flyer. You're everywhere. And what happened in 2014 is that I realized that there'd been something on my heart stewing for a long, long time and I couldn't go any further. Really, the life that I wanted to live versus the life I was getting, and I'm not talking financially, they were diverging and they were diverging at a point where I just couldn't ignore it anymore. And it had been in my heart for many, many years. And I kind of call that section like kind of holy discontentment where like your life's going down a certain path and it's like, it's growing the way that it should grow. I'm, you know, I'm following the world's ways. Like this is working, but inside there's something that's not working. And about six months before the end of my contract came and I ended up ultimately walking away from TV cold Turkey with no job and really no major plan. I knew I was at the point of really no return. And I, and I called a meeting a month before the end of my contract with my news director and my GM. And I said, um, Hey, you know, my contract's up in a month. Uh, I appreciate everything, but I'm going to resign uh, when my contract's up in a month. And they were like, well, first of all, you're, you must be kidding. And I was like, I'm not kidding. And they said, well, what station are you going to go to? And I said, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't have another job. I'm not planning on going to another station. They said, well, what are you gonna do for work? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. figure out something. And it come to find out my wife was actually, we didn't know it at the time. She was pregnant with our third child. And so, so you, people, you had two, I mean, you're, you're at this point, this is, yeah. I, I don't mean to interrupt that this is yeah. a, a teachable moment. You're how old at this point? Uh, 34. Okay. So 34, two kids. How old are the kids? Young, like under three. Okay. And making decent income, right? Enough, enough, yeah. It's crazy how similar our stories were because I was certain <laughs> the exact same thing happened. But um, I just think like we 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 fulfill these things that the world goes. Mm -hmm. Man, you're you're. I mean, I was I was in a position as a music educator where people either retire or die in that position. Like mm -hmm. there was no further. People would look at that and go, "That's the pinnacle." So right. I can in a smaller way, but it's still the same thing. Right. And so mm -hmm. I guess my question to you is what was that thing inside mm -hmm. that you were mm -hmm. like, I can't keep going because mm -hmm. I'll sacrifice X. And what yeah. was that? Yeah. Uh, and it, it's easy to see now because that was been the number one question I've gotten in the last 10 years, by the way, this is now the 10th year that I left um, TV and they say, why did you leave? And then it's very easy. You know, I, I show them a picture of me with my kids and my family on our yeah. little hobby farm out in rural Minnesota. And I was like, that's why. And it's not because TV was bad and living in the big city was bad. But at the end of the day, this is what my wife and I wanted. 
And there was no way I could have that mm-hmm. and have that at the same time. These two were mutually exclusive. I can't, I couldn't have both. And again, but look, this is just, it's what we wanted. And it was so funny because since then people, a lot of people have said, especially right away, they're like, well, if I was you, I wouldn't have left my TV career. And I'm like, well, that's interesting that you wouldn't have done what you would have thought is right for me. I mean, again, it's kind of a, it's kind of a silly <laughs> right. like, I, I, I love you and I respect you, but I don't really give a rip what you would have done in my position because you're not me. And so that's, I, I, there, there's an aspect of like the, such a beautiful thing in life is that we have autonomy and agency. Like we have the ability to choose what we want. And here's one thing I've learned recently, which has kind of coincided with my journey of authenticity. You owe no one an explanation. Mm, you, that's you so know, good. You owe no one an explanation. You need to connect. And this is something I'm just learning recently. You need to connect with the th- and emotionally connect with the things that you want. God has specifically put things on your heart. And when you ignore those out of following the world's ways, what other people think, what you've been taught, your current mindset or the mindset of your parents, what the template is, what you're doing is you're actually not paying the homage to your creator that he deserves. And you can actually pay him homage by connecting with those things as crazy as they may be. They may not make sense to the world. They may not make sense to your family. Because I got to tell you, I caught a lot of people off guard when I left TV. And I caught a lot of my family off guard as well. And they're kind of looking at me like, what are you doing? But to me, it made perfect sense. And it doesn't have to make sense to them. Now, looking back, there was a lot. It was, it was maybe stupid in a lot of ways. But there's something very beautiful about having this childlike confidence. And like, I just, I know in my heart of hearts, I'm making the right decision. I don't have all the answers. I don't need all the answers. And that's what I did. And for me, I got to tell you, and this is an important part of my story. When I was raised, I was raised in a, I was raised in a broken home. I, I came from a divorced family. My, my parents split when I was very young. My dad lived three States away. My mom has always struggled with anxiety and depression. I have a much older brother. He struggles with addiction. And I learned at a very young age, that life happens to me. I'm a result of everybody's decisions out there. And that was something people didn't see. They saw Jared, the weatherman, who's got it all together and has all this stuff. And what they didn't see was really a kid who always struggled with understanding that I have to always keep guard and control all of my situations as much as I can, because if I don't, there's going to be automatically a lot of negative input in my life, whether I like it or I don't. And so I had to play husband and father in my household at eight to 10 years old. I had to be the one who was kind of like helping my home function. Okay. And that led me to this really, I would say, uh, control problem. And also to, I became a really, I, I became like kind of a chronic perfectionist. It was very hard on myself. Nobody, I was never good enough for even myself as a result I climbed the rank. I played college basketball. I had no business playing college basketball, and I was able to climb the ranks in the in the in the TV world very, uh, very, not just quickly, but I was able to do it in a fairly short amount of time because of my drive. And now I can look back even ten years later and say what made that moment so significant is that that was one of the first times in my life where I said, you know what, I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm gonna stand up for myself. I'm gonna be true to who I am. 
because the world, nobody in the world that saw where I was would ever say you should leave right now. If, in fact, if I was following the world's ways, I would still be on TV today. But I'm not following the world's ways. I'm not doing it. I'm doing it for me. And so I can look back now and it was like, that was such a significant moment for me because I was paying homage to the eight-year-old boy who had to grow up probably a little too early and was given a plate he shouldn't have been given, but that was proving it to myself. And that's kind of led to my journey just in the last 10 years. So a little background on me, got a lot of talking points there, but I think that that kind of sets the stage as to kind of who, who and where I came, who I am and where I came from. Well, uh, for our listeners, um, you and I had a very brief conversation when we connected and I said, you know what? I have, I have no doubt that our, our, this combo should be a podcast and that's how this came about. So I, I didn't know a lot of your story. What I'm fascinated by is how similar our walks are. I mean, I came from same kind of thing, dysfunction, parents divorced. I was two, um, step family in the middle of, of all of that, like, and how that shaped me, life was something that happened to me. So you you compensate in, in various ways. And on the outside, that the way you compensate for that is everybody says, go get her, you yep. know, right? Going to get after achiever. it, achiever, yep. right? Yep. But meanwhile, inside all that trauma is what's fueling mm -hmm. it. And that's what that's really what happened for me. Um, but you, you, your story is so all about why this podcast is what it is, is you, you said something that, that I speak about in my book, and that is there is a divine purpose to all of us. We are created by a creator for a reason and a purpose. And that reason and purpose is truly unique to every single person. And I love what you said that the way you pay homage or, or respect to that is to manifest mm -hmm. that person. And I love you don't owe anyone mm -hmm. an explanation. That is just so so key, right? How many people were, 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 were being inauthentic? And I think it's a good segue into, into what authenticity really is of being authentically who you are unapologetically. I love that. And showing up into the world and go, look, really, I've got a finite period of time. And I, you know, on the cusp of mid fifties, realize how short that time really is from between when you get aware we just watched our daughter turn 25 that went bad by like that and i'm sure for her it's like wow i got you know i'm 25 years old so let's say it's 25 you're you start really kind of working and figuring things out it's not a lot of time by the time you go oh shit i kind of got what this is all about to execution and actually making it happen before we get too old to do it mm -hmm. it's an interesting concept where we really are limited in the amount of time we are here to fulfill that destiny. And I, I even heard on a, on a, on a call earlier this week, this gentleman posed the question. He's like, what if, what if God is standing you face to face, which by the way, we all will have that moment Yep. and say, here's what I gave you. Here's, here's the life I gave you and the opportunities and all these things. And what did, what did you do with them? Did you follow this preconceived template? Did you follow these these things that you stayed in bondage to, or did you go big? There was there's a there's a quote out there, and I should I should know it, but it was like you're not paying anybody, you're not doing anybody any favors by holding your life this big, right? By when 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 your life wants to come out and you don't do it for you know, reasons X, Y, and Z, you're, you're not helping anybody. When I was at my lowest and we'll, we'll get to this part of my story, but like post COVID was a really, really 
dark time. Like that mm. 2020 and 2021 was probably one of the darker periods of my life. Coming out of that has sprouted this journey of authenticity and stepping into really um, who I um, who I am. And when I when I think about that, it was really just now kind of coming out of my shell and understanding this on a, on a very deep level. And the more that my mind opens up, the more exciting life gets, the more I start to see color. I see opportunity. I see it's, it's, it's a total different, different shift. But if I have to look back, a lot of it was because of the authenticity piece and letting, letting that piece really come out and shine. And I'm understanding now more that like, the more I do that, the more alive I feel like the, the, the more Christian I actually feel I'm a Christian. Like I actually feel more spiritual. I feel more connected and I know a lot of people who are Christian and it's like they're in total bondage. You're, you're in bondage to the way we think. We're in a bondage to, to, to old mindsets. We're in bond. We're, we, we, we can't love our kids the way that we know that we should because of the way that my parents love me or didn't love me. And so this whole idea of, of authenticity is really, I think it's a similar parallel conversation to like being free because that's the ultimate goal. The goal isn't more money. The goal isn't more clicks. The goal isn't the big house. They're fun and we can have those things. And if you want to shoot for those things, great. But really what the essence of what we're trying to get at, especially as men and human beings in general, what your soul craves is for freedom. But the only way that you become free is you have to become authentic. And, so, and there, there's, that's, a, that's, a parallel, that's, a, that's a parallel journey happening. If you want freedom, you're going to have to get real and authentic. And that scares the living daylights out of a lot of people. But the Bible says it. You take something from the dark and you bring it to the light. That's how those those, those, those chains, so to speak, um, get broken. But yeah, I, I I I I love what you're saying so far, and I I love the nature of this conversation. Well, it, it's you just you really touched on something that I think is is so key, right? Like we're so conditioned and and maybe it is the human condition to give meaning to everything right mm -hmm. to give meaning to define framework this is what it's supposed to look like this is what it's supposed to be and it's only until somebody comes along and goes well why <laughs> right and then you actually stop and go and most of the time i would say i would venture to say you know 90 percent plus of the time the why is somebody else's Exactly. Right. Yep. Somebody else's rules, somebody else's idea, somebody else's whatever. Right. I'm a Christian. So it fits into this yes. role. I go to church and this is what it looks like. And mm -hmm. I shouldn't say this. And but, but why? Mm -hmm. Because we're all you know, it's it's something that I also have become very, very present to is um, shutting down all those things. Mm -hmm that we think are not like, I, it's almost like challenging normal, right? I yeah. think a true path to authenticity is challenging what you consider normal mm -hmm. and really asking why. And then when the answer comes up, go, okay, well, where did that come from? Because right. it's typically not from the creator, yep. right? It's exactly. I mean, a relationship with God is, is pretty freaking simple, right? Mm -hmm. it, it It's not easy because of the way it's not easy compared to the way the world works. Yeah. But with him, it's real easy. Exactly. Yeah. You know? I got, I got called out on social media saying something about like, well, Christianity doesn't work that way. I'm like, well, I'm not into Christianity. I'm in, I'm, I'm into a relationship with my creator. 
Yeah. And the, the more authentic I become and the more of the stuff inside of me, the good, the bad, the ugly that I bring to the light, the more he's, I'm, I'm free and the more connected I actually feel with him. That's the whole point. Again, like, don't, don't you want deep connection with your spouse? Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't you want deep connection with your kids? Yeah. 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 Do you know how you do that? You become free. That's mm-hmm. the, would you, would you be a better husband if you're free or in bondage? Or free. Would you be able to love your kids more if you were in free or free? Like, like it's it's really freedom. So again, there's this massive tie uh, between kind of understanding freedom and and authenticity and waking up to that. I want to share one one, one quick story because this is going to be Please. you'll like this one. I, I had a, a moment leaving TV was a big moment for me, no doubt about that. Another moment came just over two years ago. It was January 1, 2022. So again, we're coming out of COVID. For, for, for me personally, it was like, it was just, it was just a dark, scary time. One thing I didn't understand about myself, and I now know now, is just how much fear was part of my psyche. Like I, if you would have come to me in 2020 and said, Jared, you really, you got a lot of fear going on. I wouldn't have said that. I've been a Christian for 20 years. I don't struggle with fear because, you know, I'm a Christian. And so like, we don't have fear. And if you're not, you know, it's like, I would just, you, you know what to say, right. <laughs> right. But there's the truth is there's a lot of fear. And again, look at my background. My background is total, like play defense and control. Well, that's a scarcity mindset. That's all about, you're not living in abundance. You're not free when you're just trying to, you know, guard yourself from from all risk and and and, and all of that I, it was so funny like pre-covid i i've always lived with reductionism like the, I, i'm gonna play defense to win you know i'm a you know I, i'm kind of a dave ramsey protege and i love dave ramsey don't get me wrong but like he, you know he's all about like just avoid avoid risk at all costs mm-hmm. and don't ever you know don't ever cut you know don't ever leave the house he doesn't say that um, but for a guy that struggles with fear and scarcity because of how I was raised, that that message resonated with me because that's it's like that's like that's like that's like crack cocaine <laughs> to to somebody who struggles with fear and scarcity. That message and the house we owned at the time, and I would brag about this, John. I kept that house in showroom condition all the time. I said if I need to if I need to sell this house. At any moment in time, I could put it on the market by noon today. I've always kept it in show. I always kept it spotless. I was meticulous about it. If I ever did a project, I would race to have the project done because I never want like sh- you know sheetrock showing. Right. And I did that because I'm a fleer. I ran. I would always wow. run away. Right. Comes with the fight or flight or flight. I was a flight guy. And in the back of my mind, I was like, if, if the world ever gets too crazy, I can just run. And guess where I wanted to always run to? I always wanted to go west. Why did I want to go west? That's well, because when I was a kid, guess where my guess where my dad moved after my parents divorced? West. And when I was with my dad in the summers out in the mountains of Wyoming and Colorado, I could have peace because there wasn't peace in my home. And so even as an adult, it was so bizarre. And I didn't understand this at the time, but at the, my mentality was like, if the world gets crazy, I'll sell my house and we'll pack up and we'll go west. And I can have that feeling back. And I've been able to work through that since then. But COVID like COVID like threw me into a tailspin because I can't, I couldn't control COVID. I can control my personal finances. I can kind of control what goes on in my family. But when the when the wheels of the bus were coming off worldwide, you know, in 48 hours, we went from fairly normal life to like they're emptying stadiums right. and you know, shutting down schools. Like that messed with me bad. And so I actually, a lot of people don't know this. I quit my job, this job that I'm currently in right now. Like I quit my job, sold my house. I played my ace in the hole. 
I sold my house, found a different job in a Western state, and nobody even knew. I told my boss like two weeks before my before before my house closed. I was I said, hey, you know, I I, I hate to say this, but I'm like I, I'm I'm leaving and we're moving west, and I sold my house and we closed. And again, he thought he's like, is this a joke? And I was like, it's not a joke. I, I got to get out of here. And I thought moving west was gonna fix all my problems. And guess what happened when we landed west? All my problems followed me. Right. Not only did they follow me, they started getting worse. <laughs> and two weeks into our journey west, I realized like I am I am trying to do something that is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And about a month into that journey, I said to my wife, I did by the way, I never slept. I was I was at a constant war with myself. And I said to my wife at one point, probably a month, and I said, I think I know what the problem is. And she said, what? And I said, me? me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. And she's like, she's like, I've been telling you that for 16 years. Because when I, when, I came, when I came to her during COVID, I was like, I think we get out of here. Like, let's get out of here. He goes, she goes like, well, how about we work on you? And I'm like, that's not it. Like, this is the problem. This place is the problem. And if we can leave here, all of our problems will go away. So anyways, I'm, I'm, miss, I, I'm fast forwarding here, but three months later, we ended up moving back to a place I swore I would never come back to. Mm. And so now enter 2021, the world's still crazy. We're, we're still dealing, COVID's still hanging around. The world is extremely chaotic. The end of 2020, people are saying, if you thought 2020 was bad, buckle up for 2021. That right. was the verbiage, right. remember? That yep. scared me to death. And now think of it, John. I played my ace in the hole. I played the card that was going to save me and the card didn't save me. So I felt very vulnerable in 2021 was very dark. I wouldn't say that I was on the verge of like, I wasn't suicidal, but it was dark. When I think of yeah, the I know future, that place. there was, when I looked, when I saw the future, there was nothing. It was black. There was no plans that my, my, my I was so rooted in fear that the, my life today this is as good as it's going to get. It's only going down from here. It will be more struggles. It will be more hurts. I will be more afraid. I've got three kids. I'm terrified for their safety. I'm terrified of the politics that are happening in my state and my region. I am scared. And I don't know how this thing is going to end, but I know it's not going to end well. That's where my mindset was. And something happened on January 1st, 2020. I was on a walk with my wife and we got to the bottom of the hill by my, by my house. And I said to her, I said, Babe, I am sick and tired of being afraid. I go, I'm this done. This is before all this happened? Because you is, said 20, January 2020. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. January 1, 2022. I'm so sorry. Okay. Okay. Now, so two, you're through this, right? And you're at yeah, that point. Coming out, of, yep. coming out of darkness. This is like just over two years ago. And I said, and I, I said this exact same thing. I said, I'm done playing defense. I'm done letting fear dictate my life anymore. I am going to start taking control. I'm not going to stop. I'm, I'm done playing defense. I'm done on my heels. We're moving forward with our life, whether the world tells us it's okay or not. And that was a, that was a, that was a moment that I call flagpole moment because everything started to change from there. And I said this on our walk. I said, 99% of the people that I follow on Facebook and Instagram, they're talking about the same BS. They're barking about politics. They're barking about vaccines. They're barking about, and I'm barking about it too. And I'm pissed off at night and I'm constantly angry because I'm afraid, by the way, anger is just a byproduct of fear, by the way. Right. 
So I was very angry, but I'm like, there are like, there's like 1% of people out there. Most of which I don't know, but a few of them I do, but they don't talk about this stuff. They're, they're talking about growth. They're talking about opportunity. There's optimism to them. They're talking about how all, how like their purpose is now coming. And I'm like, I want to talk like that. I want to think like that. I want to be like that. And one of those people that I would consider in that 1% was a guy that's from my local area. We've never met. We're friends on Facebook. But I was like, his name's Tim. Tim talks a different game. And so I reached out to Tim. I was like, Tim, we got to talk on the phone. So two days later, we talked on the phone. and We chatted. And I talked his ear off. And I said, what do I do? He goes, I would read, I'd read books. And I said, what book should I start with? I don't have it on my, on my shelf. He recommended The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with fear or COVID. I bought the book immediately. I got it. I read it. It's huge. Like It's a beast of yeah. a book. Yeah. I read it in like three days. John, that was the most exhilarating and depressing book I've ever read. <laughs> now, why was it exhilarating? Because I was reading this book and it was a talking about a way of life that I have never seen before. Yep. Because the book isn't really about how to have a four-hour work week. It's about opening your mind that maybe there's a different way to work and to live and to exist. Right. And it was exhilarating. I was so excited to read that. But at the same time, too, it was depressing because I was like, I have been buying this template of a lie my entire life. And so I was depressed to see just how deep into the matrix, so to speak, I was. You know what I'm saying? Like how programmed I was on how to think about how my life could actually be. And that was the beginning of a two-year journey, which has taken me to here you know, to where I am now about, again, understanding just who I am, my authenticity, and really understanding the essence of freedom that I needed. And I'll just tell you, again, I'm, I'm fast forwarding here, but this the journey of getting rid of fear and scarcity that has happened, but happened very abruptly in the last couple of years, which actually led to me having my fourth child. That's another story, but it all started there. It started with understanding just how entrenched in the, I, I call it the template. You know, a lot of people call it the matrix. Yep. But it's it, whatever it is, it's it's this preconceived status quo that you are supposed to follow. And what I have found more times than not, as soon as I'm following the status quo, whatever I think I should be doing, what I'm actually doing is going against maybe the desires of my heart in many ways. And some of those things, maybe God has put on your heart, but it doesn't follow the world's ways. But yet the Bible talks very clearly about the world's ways. Do not follow the patterns of this world. And so my journey really is one of authenticity, but really it's waking up to really, who am I? Who has God truly called me to be? And it's, it's been a really, it's just been a really exhilarating journey, but it actually started ironically because of COVID and the, and, and, and the darkness that that caused. And with a gentleman by the name of Tim, who recommended a book called The 4-Hour Workweek, who'd have thought of that? It, you know, it, gosh, thank you for sharing that. It, it really is fascinating to me um, how similar our journey is and our, and our thinking is and just how important this stuff is. Um, I, it's funny because I was thinking about it yesterday. I went from, I, I, I thank God this didn't happen for you. And I'm again, very transparent and authentic on the show, I had a full-blown midlife crisis at, right before COVID. I Everything that you're talking about 
I freaking imploded, could have. I had re I had played by all these rules that we're talking about. And I did what you're what you in your story at 33, right? Abandoned the public school teaching, came to Florida, opened a business. But what I didn't realize is the culture and the community that I went into, though was preaching independence and freedom, was actually controlling me for 18 <laughs> years and programming me, right? Yep. And so I was just I literally was in conversation with somebody about this this morning. I would be out every night working. The, the message was, if you're not working, you're not winning. Your mm. kids won't remember it, all that shit. So for 18 years, I was working in the evenings. I was running trainings in the evenings. And every Saturday, I was working or running trainings as well. So I was gone six days a week, running nonstop, no personal fulfillment whatsoever, I mean, and literally the messaging was, well, if you're not getting it here, there's something wrong internally like that. That was the 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 community and, and the environment that I was in for a very long time. So naturally. Right. I implode. COVID happens. And everything after that was was the redemption process mm -hmm. today. It was I was just it blew my mind because I was thinking about it yesterday. My schedule now because of all the changes that you're that you're on that journey. And, and I want to talk about living on the edge what that really, really is versus the way it's portrayed is I work Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesday is a recovery day. So I may work, but it's not built into my calendar. I work Thursdays and Fridays. Um, I don't do Saturdays anymore. Certainly never did Sundays. Um, and I now this year, I'm not working in the evenings unless I absolutely have to. So I've taken working all the time to these are the four days that I'm on. And when I'm on, I'm on. But there's recovery built. And that is that is what Tim is talking about on structuring your work life to be conducive to your life and not the other way around. And the yeah. repercussions of that are enormous. Yeah. Well, um, the, 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 the template is I want to be successful. I want to be a provider. I want to make more money. So just work harder and push yourself to the bone. Yeah. That's what that that's what that's what that's what the old school template is. And that's kind of what I was taught because that's kind of really what our parents did is like just work harder. Right. And what I'm realizing now is that I want to make more money in the future. But here's the thing. I actually want to work less. <laughs> but you can. And I think because that's of like, the technology that yeah. has shown up, it allows us to. Yes, because the people that I see that are super successful, not only do they make money the more money they make, the freer they become. That's the point. Correct. That's the point. The, the, the point isn't the money. The point is the freedom. And this goes back to the beginning of our conversation. And I see people like, I don't want to make double the money I make now and have half double of the work. time, free time. Right. And that's where, again, old school mentality, old school thought is like, well, I want to make more money. So I'm just going to have to like pile on more. No, 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 no. It's better. The, the, the book, uh, I do have it back there. 10X is easier than 2X by Dr. Benjamin yep, Hardy. I know it. Yep. You know, if you, if you're, if you, if you, if we folks listening to this haven't read that book yet for crying out loud, buy it and read it. But he just talks about like, if you want to 10X your life, you're going to have to get rid of 80% of what you're doing. And I'm like, whew. now the old school method is if I want to, if I want to 2X my income, I work twice as hard instead of working 40 hours a week. I pick up another full-time job and work another 40. No, 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 no. No, that, that's not that, that that's not the road that you want to be on. But again, I think it goes down to an old school thought. And what's so cool about your story is that there's a thing like COVID and it forced you to become free. And now you're reaping the benefits of your liberation. 
That's what people need to understand. The point isn't the money. The point isn't the car. The point is it's the freedom and liberation by walking into your greatness. And I would probably challenge you, John. I don't, I don't know your story as, you know, as much either, but describe your greatness that you're exuding to the world now and your authenticity, authenticity now compared to the guy that was working six days a week and evenings. I'm guessing that there's no comparison there. There's, there's, I'm so much more at peace mm-hmm. and able to bring more light, compassion, love, and, mm-hmm. and all empathy into my space. And, and, and now I'm on a mission in really what you're talking about. How mm-hmm. do I increase my bandwidth, mm-hmm. right? To be more productive, but, but not just productive, productive and with empathy, care, attention, mm-hmm. right? All those things. And to increase the capacity in which we can operate, which I couldn't, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, it's not only letting go things like, let me get somebody to do the lawn or let me get somebody to chop wood or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Let, let me get rid of the things that take away my time. Bingo. But now I'm looking at what are the things that are robbing my energy? What are creating mm-hmm. stress and how do I remove those things? Because you're ro- or, uh, you're you're compromising my ability to show up in the authentic way I need to and want yep. to. Yep. And that's what people, people need to hear that message. Your, your ticket to the next level might not just be adding another thing on. It's going to be perhaps letting go of that. Again, my story for me to get here, I had to let go of my TV career. <laughs> You know what I mean? For me to be on this journey the last two years, I have had to let old ways of thinking die. I've, you know, so many books have gotten me one step closer, like ah, a deeper understanding that the key isn't holding on to thing. But again, go back to my story. I I clinched and held on to everything because I was trying to control. But the true, the the, like the, 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 the true pathway is to actually let that stuff die and move on and be free. Because the people that are making a ton of money, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not downplaying work here, John. I don't want people to hear me that it works. No, I don't think that's the message that's coming. But, but the, but the reality is, is like, as I read in a book somewhere, they're like, it's just as easy to make a million dollars as it is to be a hundred thousand dollars. There's no difference. In fact, I would almost challenge you the people who are making a million, like they're free or work less than what I do. Right. You know what I mean? So like, what's the difference? These people aren't geniuses. And again, no disrespect to those people. And maybe some of you on this call are one of them, but like, it's not, I'm not calling you dumb. I'm just saying like the people who are doing it. Half of them don't have college degrees, you know, and, and, and they never attribute their success. It really comes down to how we think. 100%. And so where are we in bondage? Like where do, where are, we don't live in modern day slavery, but dude, there's, there's so many of us that are walking around in bondage here. And it affects our relationships. It affects our finances. It affects our marriages. It affects our physical health. It affects our physical health, John. I'm in the best shape of my life at 43, 44, 45 years old. And I've had so many compliments on where I am physically, which I appreciate. And I tell people, this is my response. I say, crazy things happen when you get this thing right. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was almost a prophetic. I dropped below 100. I dropped to 192 pounds like last summer. I took a picture of the scale. I put it on Facebook. And I don't even remember, I don't remember really thinking this out, but I just said that exact same thing. I go, the, the amazing stuff happens when you get your mind right. And a picture of the scale of my feet, and it says 190 pounds or 190 pounds. And it, I didn't get a lot of like comments on that because it people don't make that connection. Correct. And so what we need to understand as men, 
is that the greatest thing that we can do for our marriages, our kids, our finances, our life is to like begin to think differently. But to do that, we need to be free. But to be free, we're going to have to get super real, which is probably on the last thing on the priority list that a lot of men want to do. I was even thinking about this, John. Why is public speaking the biggest, the scariest thing for people to do? Like if you, if you ever ask people like, what's your biggest fear? Public yeah. speaking comes up as one of them. Right. Why? Because you are opening yourself to the world for judgment. Right. Fully exposed. The exposure. Yes. If you want to be free, you have to expose yourself. Now, again, I don't mean that literally. I mean that like you need to let yourself come out, right? Think of the Garden of Eden. There was complete freedom in the garden, right? And all of a sudden there was the fall and then they hid and then they covered themselves and then there was shame, right? And now we live in the middle of the story where like God has come back to save us. The story is not done. We will live in that time again. There will be a time where we will live in the kingdom and we will be free again. Hallelujah. If you don't believe me, read Revelation 21. Okay. We're in the middle of the story. Our souls long to be free. And the reason why we're not free is because of shame and guilt and there's something where there's this, there's this essence that we live in a broken world. And so what men need to hear is the answer isn't making more money. That, that, that's, if, if, if you really want to make more money, become free. If you want to have a better marriage, be free. What, if you're, what, what would your marriage look like if, you, if there wasn't bitterness, shame, contempt, resentment? What if you were actually free from those four emotions? You know, again, how could you love your children if you were free from the way that you were loved or not loved by your parents, by your mom or by your dad? But you know what? To be free of that, guess what you got to do, John? Guess what you got to do? You got to get it out. You got to be real. You got to be authentic. And the reason why we're having this conversation right now is because I was challenged by a coaching group that I'm in last uh, last July guy on this coaching program. It's a group coaching program. He goes, all you guys in here, you want to be ballers, but you are afraid to put a camera in front of your face and hit record. Mm. And if you do it, you will only put it on private. You won't have the guts. He didn't use that word, but you won't have the guts to put it on Facebook. He goes, put a camera in front of your face, hit record, tell the world who you are and post it. And guess what? I took him up on that offer. And that was last July. And the amount of connections that have happened because of that, because of that road, have been incredible. And there was one particular video I did. I was getting people saying, oh, man, these these videos you post, they're so inspiring. And I made a video and I said this. I said, whether one person watches them or a million, it doesn't matter. Because when I get in front of a camera and I show the world and tell the world who I am, it's my journey of liberation. It's my journey of freedom. I love it that you watch it. You get inspired. Great. But I go, the act of me sharing who I am and putting it out there for the world is another step in my journey of being free and being authentic because that's the ultimate goal. And when we chatted for the first time, I knew exactly that we were going to hit it off. Why? Because this type of energy attracts other energy just like it. Yep. And so there's something about this. I, I think that this message is resonating with a lot of people listening to this because the ultimate what you want and long for, especially as a man, is to be free. But to get there, it's a scary trek. A lot of people don't want to take because it's going to take exposing. It's going to take exposing yourself to the things that 
uh, we have probably been hiding and are ashamed to talk about perhaps for decades. But when you do it, you open the door for freedom. John Eldridge in the book, Wild at Heart, talks about um, the poser. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's why that book, that book resonates so much with me is because that book caught me right in the middle of being the poser mm -hmm. and, and removing the fig leaf. And that's what you're talking about, that <laughs> we can't, we cannot become the atom that God created us to be um, if we're walking around with a fig leaf, right? Mm -hmm from the world. And um, I'm, I'm going to have uh, a guy on our podcast who wrote a book called, Are You Who You Want to Be? Um, and one of the things that he talked about was that when we were in the garden, we, we, we were, we already had everything that we were looking for. We already had it mm -hmm. and we're convinced otherwise and ever since then, we've been trying to get back to everything that we already had. That's right. And I think it in in that is is really what we're talking about here is when you shed the, the fig leaf, when you stop posing, when you expose yourself and you really get authentic, mm -hmm. the freedom of original design starts to play out in our lives. And mm -hmm. then we push that out into the world. We're better mm -hmm. husbands. We're better fathers. Mm -hmm. we, we make that true impact opportunities and doors open up because we've shed all the things that are the messages of the world holding us back, shackling us, and we just step out, you know, and, and, and so I, I think you get where I'm going. I want to uh, wrap us up with this one thing because you're living in it. Um, and I've learned that I, that to me, this is really, I think what God wants that we spend so much time trying to be comfortable, right? I need to have this amount of money or I need to have this security, like you talked about controlling, right? I, 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 how much of my world can I control? And yet I think really we need to be on that edge of, yes, these are the things that we need to survive. There's a big difference between survive, existing and survival. And you can't think right when you're always constantly thinking about where's my next meal? How am I going to stay warm, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's survival mode. But I think once we get past survival, I really do believe that part of us has to live on that edge mm -hmm. of I can't I can't get past basic needs met to this next level. It's just this idea of living on that edge, knowing, God, I can't get to that next level without you. That's the unsafe. And I'm always trying to push that envelope. I'm always like, how do I constantly remain on that edge where I got to be on my knees every day? for the next things to happen versus just throttling back and going, isn't this awesome? Well, to, so, to, to your point, when you, when you step out in authenticity and you show the world what you have and you start walking into your greatness, everybody wins. Everybody wins. You win because you're stepping into your greatness and other people are going to win. We live in a broken world, by the way. If you don't know this by now, we live in a very hurting, there's a lot of hurting people out there. The world is chaotic at the recording of this podcast. It's mildly it's mildly calm. And I mean that in the United States, it's not mildly right. calm over the, over the, but this is an election year. Uh, it, it, it's just going to get weird. And so the world needs you. The world needs you to like walk into your greatness because it will be the keys by which that you will go and help our fellow man. Mm. And that's what the world needs. But everybody wins. You win, right. they win, and you feel more connected with God. 
uh, you know, there is, there's a, there's a, I always say there's a fine line between saving and hoarding. That's kind of my go-to line, which is yeah. true. It's just, it's a heart condition is all it is. But what I have seen, and then this is where I've identified scarcity in my own mind. Um, I always thought that there was a finite, there was a finite pie. Like I have to hurry and get my, I got to hurry and get mine because there's only so much out there. We folks and men listening, we live in an infinite world. We live in, we serve an infinite God. There's nothing he can't do. There's nothing that there's no bad decision that was one. There's no bad decision that he, he can't, he can't help you through or fix or, or redeem. You know what I mean? And so remember, and as you, as you mentioned, the idolatry comes because you, you look at money as the point. The wealth is the point. It's not the point. Correct. Expansion, growth, connection, freedom. That's the point. But when you get those things, guess what also happens? You, you, you start to step into your greatness and then you start adding value to the world. What happens when you start throwing tons of value into the world and into the marketplace? What ends up happening? Well, then all of a sudden you become blessed many times financially. So again, it all comes back to me. It comes back to authenticity, mindset, and freedom. Those are like the, the reoccurring themes that, that keep showing up in my life uh, over the last couple of years. There was another significant thing that happened to me, and I'll, I'll wrap this up. But um, I took a personality test last summer. It was for a, it was for a project I was doing. It was the CIS personality test, which, by the way, I highly recommend. It's very good. It's a whole culture index survey. Very very good test, easy to take. But you have to walk the test results through with, with one of their consultants. And so this lady named Cindy, who is now a friend of mine, she was walking through the results of me, and she said she got on the phone right away. She's like, "Jared, let me tell you something. Like, you are a very unique person. You are very mm-hmm. interesting." I, I didn't know if she was trashing me or if that was a compliment. She goes, I got to tell you, Jerry, like, she's like, you are off the charts when it comes to this particular uh, characteristic. Like you're off the charts. You can read emotion. You can read a room. You, you can read energy. And I was like, that, that makes a lot of sense. She goes, but I tell you, man, like you have no patience, zero. And I was like, huh, okay, interesting. And, and she's like, you're in the, like the bottom 0.5 percentile. Like there's only five people on planet earth that, that like you can stomach because you just, they, you know, and I was like, wow. well, that's interesting. I go, well, I've got, you know, I've got a number of kids. I've, I just had my fourth baby at the time. And I go, one of my children has ADHD, which is very challenging. And I go, I feel like through a lot of counseling and just the personal journey I'm on, I feel like I've become more patient in the last couple of years. So I kind of, I kind of rebuttal a little bit. And she goes, have you been able to see advancements in your own patients, especially with your children? And I said, yeah, I have. She goes, that's incredible because, Jared, you're just not wired for it. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, Jared, you could take this test in 20 years, and it's going to show you the exact same results. This is how you're wired. She goes, Jared, you can't move the needles on this you can change your character. I mean, your character can develop, which we should. We should be more gentle and kind and loving and self-controlled, the fruits of the spirit. Yes, that's character development. But everybody on this call is wired a specific way. And when she told that to me, there's something that happened, John. I was 44 at the time. And I reached a new level of self-acceptance. I always thought I was broken. I had myself convinced because of a, the way I thought in my past and whatever else and things yeah. that people have said that I thought that I was broken and I will never be whole. I have to go to the twin cities and I've got to do this special treatment and I've got to take this medication and I've got to rewrite. Re- wow. No, what I needed was just to accept myself. That doesn't mean I don't try to grow in character, but as long as you think that you're broken, dude, 
there you you will never walk into the fullness because you have to accept yourself and you have to accept your past. I'm not saying you haven't made mistakes. I'm not saying that like that we haven't made mistakes. That's not what I'm saying. I have, I'm saying you have to like make peace with your past, frame it in a way that serves you. That's the gap in the game. Dr. Benjamin Hardy, read that book if you haven't. And then focus on the fullness that God wants for you and try to understand where this thing has gotten in the way because this thing has gotten in my way for so long. And there was a, there was a major step in the journey when I had that conversation with a lady named Cindy talking about my CIS test. When I understood Mm. I wasn't broken, this is how God has created me. He created me. I'm wired very hot. Uh, I've been accused of like, why why are you always running? Like you, you, you have to always be moving. There must be something wrong with you. There's not something wrong with me. It's just the way I am. And as I've doubled down on that and invested in that and, and, and leveraged that, guess what has happened to my mind? It's continued to open. Also, guess what's happened to my bank account? It's grown. I mean, guess what's happened to my relationships? They've grown. Guess what's happened to the momentum? It's grown. Guess what's happened to my connectedness with God? I, you're, you're not paying him homage if you think that you're broken, if you think that you're not perfect in many ways. We've made mistakes, but you're perfect. Yeah, well, I'm a Christian and I'm a, I'm a piece of dirt. No, no, you're a sinner. But that doesn't mean that you are not exactly who you are supposed to be. And until we fix that, you'll never walk into that greatness that we're, that we're pleading with you on this podcast to walk into. Yeah, and I think true, true Christianity or the true message and relationship with God through Christ is we're all sinners, right? Mm-hmm. We're not all... We're, we're all fallible. We're humans, right? But the original design was not broken. And I think life is really a journey to get back to Mm -hmm. um, that original, that original intent. Um, And, you know, I, 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 we, we're after the same thing, man. It's, it's awesome. So Mm -hmm. I like to keep us within an hour and we've just delivered a ridiculous amount of content. Um, It's just amazing. How do, um, because your website is, is killer. Um, I want people to be able to um, connect with you, find you, follow you. What's the best uh, way yeah. for them to do that? Yeah, you can go to my website. It's just Jared. This is my name, jaredsebesta.com. You'll find kind of a little background on me. Uh, follow me on, uh, we connected John on, on LinkedIn. Follow me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect. Say hi. Uh, shout, give me a shout out on this uh, that you heard on, on this podcast. I would love to talk more, but um, I we're recording this, you know, at the beginning of 2024. Uh, I, I'm going to be more authentic and more true to myself in the, in the weeks and months ahead. And so get ready. If you follow me on social media, just be ready for a guy who's going to be super real and uh, just tell the truth. So great, man. Thank you so much for being here today, dude. You brought it. I knew you would. But it's been <laughs> awesome. A lot of fun. My pleasure, man. Let's do it again sometime. Listening to another episode of the Man Up Already podcast. We really do appreciate it. And I want to ask you to do a couple of things. Number one, subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you're listening or viewing on, subscribe to the podcast, right? Help us, right? Continue to grow by joining the community and also rate the podcast, rate the episode, right? Whatever platform you're on, you could leave a rating. Let us know your comments. Let us know your thoughts. If you can do that, we really do want your feedback. You could head on over to manupalready.com and check out our website. All the podcast episodes are on there as well, but also join our community, sign up on our emailing list. We're going to get content out to you. There's also a free resource there for you when you do that. Um, And pass it on. Pass on the podcast. Let people know 
right? What we're up to, what we're about, speak about it. If, you, if you're a podcast enthusiast, please share episodes, tell people about what it is that we do, uh, what we do here and what you like about it and, and what you don't like about it. And that's, that's okay as well, right? It's just getting the word out. Until next time, thanks so much for being here and we'll talk to you soon.